All right, so the seven, the seven pillars of health and happiness. Seven pillars of health and happiness. Again, health is, I believe it's the foundation for you to reach all of your goals. If you want to build a big future, you need a strong foundation to build on. And that strong foundation is going to be your health. So health is key. Health is essential. It's priority. It's something super important. It's going to determine your energy. It's going to determine your quality of living. It's going to determine, like, think about as you're older, you know, 60 to 80 to 90 years old. Like right now is the time to establish that health. So when you get that age, you're not old and suffering and in pain and can't function and can't enjoy your grandchildren. No, right now you start building a strong foundation of your health so that even at the end of your life, you're, you're functioning. You know, you, you can do things, you can play around with your grandchildren, you can be healthy, you can be vibrant, full of life, your mind can be fully there, you know, and all this could because the foundation, the lifestyle that you're creating now. So here are seven pillars, seven principles that are very simple, okay? Um, it's very common sense things, but common sense is not always common practice. These are very simple, they don't cost you a bunch of money. But because of that, people don't value it. They rather spend money on this special water that comes from the highest mountain or this, you know, special, you know, vitamin that comes from the deepest part of the sea of the ocean instead of just freaking eating right. Like they're looking for this quick fix, you know, instead of taking responsibility for their health. And so and a lot of times people don't don't do it because it seems too complicated. You know, they start on a diet or they start on a certain workout routine and, you know, they're they're not enjoying it. Um, so their brain's like, why are you doing this again? Um, or it seems too complicated in what they're doing. They're tracking their calories. They're counting things. And it's just too complicated. So they don't continue to execute. They do it for a temporary time. They lose some weight, feel better about it. And then they default to their level of training. So I like to share some pillars and principles with you that are very simple, practical, that are not going to cause you to suffer as you do it. These are things that you can easily integrate into your daily living, but it'll have huge impact, immediate and long-term. Like this is how you steer away from all sickness and disease. This is how you begin to create a high quality level energy, attitude, production from your health. These seven principles, let's get into them. So um, a lot of the things that you deal with, when you don't um, apply these things, these seven things, you're going to deal with stress. You're going to be lack of energy, sick often, have anxiety. You're going to feel unmotivated. You're going to have a lack of emotional stability, lack of sleep, lack of patience. These are all different you know, signals. These are all different um, symptoms of bad health, of not having good health. Like You're going to experience all these things often. And of course, I don't want you guys to experience that. I know you don't. So it's all about establishing these things I'm going to share with you in your life so that you can overcome stress. You can prevent sickness and disease. You can improve and increase your energy, your mental clarity, your, your confidence, your production. You can have greater connection with yourself, with others, with God. It really makes that big of a difference. You can become more positive, engaged, creative, and resilient and productive in your life in everything that you're doing. That's the benefits of you, of you doing this and making it a part of your lifestyle. So here's principle one, fresh air, fresh air. I'm telling you, these are simple things, right? So what do I mean by fresh air? It's moving, fresh, circulating air. If it's not moving, 
If the air is not moving, it's either dead or it's dying. If it's not circulating, it's dead or dying air. Airplane air. You know, the, the airplane air? That's dead dead air, right? It's recycled air. And look, at just think about it. Most people, especially in the U.S., um, Africa, India, Mexico, a lot of them don't have this problem unless you're in the city. But think about your lifestyle, especially even right now how everybody's just home. But even when everybody's working, you what do people do? They're in home, and it's most of the time it's closed up. They have the AC on or heater on, right? That's dead recycled air. And then they, they, they walk outside and they go, they run to their car and they get into their car and their windows are up and they have their AC or their, their heater on. They drive to work, they get out, they hurry up and go to their office and now they're inside into recycled air again. So then we wonder why we get lethargic, foggy-brained, impatient, tired, you know, like, come on, like we're getting this dead recycled air. Like we need fresh, you know, living oxygen. And even like right now, so you guys are aware, you know how we have to wear these masks? I was looking for one right here, but I don't see one. You know how we're wearing these masks now? Like they, I even saw this test where they tested the oxygen levels. Because when you're blocking it, you're not getting the carbon dioxide. You're not getting like the, the, the breathe and release thing that our body naturally does. So now we're blocking a lot of it and our oxygen levels drop so much. So now we're adding that. And that's not good for your brain. It's not good for your health. It's not good for your energy. It's not good for your happiness. It's not good for anything. So just be aware of that. So what is the answer? Okay, this is, it's real simple. So when you're in your, in your house every other day, every day if you want, Crack the windows, open the doors, get some circulating air. I mean, even if it's raining and hot outside, you can still crack it and get some circulating air, right? If you're in a car and you're driving and it's pouring down rain, every 20 minutes, crack the windows, maybe crack, you know, all two or all four together to get the circulation going and then roll it back up. Because when you, when you get that circulating air, this is what happens. When the air moves through the, the atmosphere, three meters or more, it begins to cleanse itself, it re-energizes itself. It re-electrifies itself. And now we're taking that into our body where it's helping to repair, restore, re-energize, re-electrify, you know, everything into our bodies now. So that's how important it is. So something that you can do um, also in your home is get a, a ceiling fan or the regular old school fans that are moving air. You don't spend a lot of money on those fancy, you know, negative and positive ions that are supposed to cleanse the air. <clears throat> they did the studies on which one cleanses the air better, whether, you know, comparing against these fancy machines and a um, ceiling fan, the ceiling fan wins. Why? Because it gets the air to move. It gets it to circulate. So get some circulating fresh air. Okay. If you guys work in the office all the time, go take a walk outside. Get some circulating air. Whatever you need to do, make it happen. Um, another thing you can do in your home, you can get these type of plants. If you guys want to take a picture of that, these are cheap you know, small things that you can put into your apartment, into your house, um, inside your office, things like that, because it helps with the oxygen levels and it helps with the fresh circulating air, right? Something that's real simple. Something, another thing you can do that's very simple is to take deep breaths throughout the day. Most time people think like taking a deep breath is like your chest coming out like, <sighs> but when you're doing that, you're just squishing your lungs. When you go, you're actually sucking in your stomach. You're putting out your chest. When you put it in your stomach, you're actually compressing your lungs. So deep breathing is belly breathing. So you're filling up all, like imagine you're filling up your belly 
to give room to all your intestines and all your main organs. You're like making space between them. Big, deep belly breaths in through your nose, out through your mouth. Something that you need to do throughout the day. Big, deep breaths. Okay. So moving oxygen, fresh air, principle one. Principle two, water. Again, another thing that's pretty simple, right? You know, and and this is where, you know, people laugh at this because it's a funny illustration. It's a funny thing because people look for excuses all the time. They're like, yeah, Richard, you know, I know I need to drink water, but it's just because I don't know what water to drink. You know, like people tell me to drink it out of the bottle, but then, you know, I read about, you know, the plastic chemicals, you know, like the chemical stuff, you know, the plastic get in there. I don't want to drink that, but then, you know, I'm not going to drink from the faucet. Oh, no, there's like you know, so many chemicals and, you know, all kinds of stuff that they find in the, in the faucet water. So you can't do that. And, you know, I don't want to, you know, I just don't know what kind of water to drink. So the first thing that I tell people with that to kind of stop their blaming and complaining, you know what I tell people? Like when they make it all complicated, like what kind of water should be Fiji? Should it be smart water? Should it be the one with the more electrolytes? You know, what kind of water? Should it be that one from the, you know, the highest mountain? Or like, what kind of water should I drink, Richard? So the first thing to kind of just get them out of their head and stop, you know, making excuses, I just tell them the kind that you drink, write it down because I don't want you to forget. I'll tell you where to get it to, okay? Right. The kind that you need to drink is the wet kind. It's the wet kind. So... Just freaking drink water. Come on. You know, um, I myself, I invested in getting a Kangen water machine. They're expensive, but it, it creates very high um, pH level of water. You can get the 9.5 or you can move it down to the 9 points or 8.5 or 8. Or you can make it sanitizing water. You know, you can make it a, a natural bleach. Like, it's really cool. Um, so I, I got it. Because it's nonstop and I drink a lot of like, what I drink. I drink at least two of these a day. This is a, a two liter. So I usually drink almost a gallon a day. Um, men should be drinking at least three liters a day. Uh, if you are more active and if it's hot outside, then you should drink more. Women should be drinking at least two liters a day. Again, if you're active and it's hot outside, drink more. Another way to kind of measure, it's not like perfect or exact, but another day, another way to kind of measure of how much water you should be drinking is you get, you take your, your pounds and how much you weigh in pounds, cut it in half and make it into ounces. So if I weigh a hundred pounds, I'm going to cut it in half, which is 50 and I'm going to make it 50 ounces. That's how many, how much water I should be drinking. So that's just another way to kind of gauge and measure how much water you should be drinking. Get how much you weigh in pounds, cut it in half, and that's how many ounces you should be drinking. Now, another thing that you can do to alkaline your water more, because that's the thing, that's the goal, to alkaline your body. Sickness and disease is, is strengthened, created, and maintained in acidic environments. In acidic environments. So the more water we drink, the more fruits we eat, the more green vegetables we eat, the more, you know, uh, um, oxygen, the more um, alkaline we're going to have in our body, which fights off all sickness and disease. It strengthens our immune system. It hydrates our brain. You know, your brain is mostly made up of water. Your mus muscles are made up mostly of water. Your body is made up mostly of water. 
So water is like the building block for your body. Just like the earth is created mostly of water, so is your body. You know, if, if we put all kinds of freaking Gatorade and coffee and monster drink and Red Bull, you know, and just fill it up with most of the, of the ocean, it's going to start to kill the earth, right? Same thing in your body. If your water that's supposed to be water is mostly all this other stuff that you're drinking, it's going to start to kill their body, deteriorate it, make sickness. So here are a couple things, very simple. I'm telling you, these are very simple things that work to make your water more alkaline. Okay, so check it out. So you just, you can get water and you put lemon in it. You see how there's lemon right there? Squeeze lemon in it. Even though lemon is acidic, when it's introduced to water, it actually makes the water more alkaline. So that's one thing. Here's another very simple thing. You get your water and you get a cup and you put the cup lower and you pour the water into the cup. And as the water is being poured through the, through the air, through the oxygen, it's, it's, it's mixing with the oxygen and the air and it's actually re-energizing and re-alkalining the water. So you're actually making the water more alkaline when you pour it through the air into another cup. You can do it a couple times and you're making your water more alkaline. Isn't that crazy? They've actually tested it and they can see the difference. So drink enough water. That's another principle, another, um, another thing for your health to make into your lifestyle. Water. Uh, another tip back on the water. If you carry water with you, you'll drink it. So if you want to drink more water, carry it with you. Put some lemon in it. Drink it up. All right, next one. Sunshine. Sunshine, vitamin D. Especially in the U.S., most, I think it was 70% or maybe 80%, I forgot the exact number, of Americans are vitamin D deficient. Now, most people will be like, well, no, I take, you know, vitamin, I take vitamins. I take vitamins. I would encourage you not to get used to or stuck on taking vitamins. Why? Okay. So for me, I believe, like, I, I want the highest quality nutrition to come into my body. I don't know about you. I want the best. So the best comes from the first source, from whole food. And that's, that's actually one of the principles. But when you take vitamins, they're, they're called supplements, right? Supplements, when you look it up, it means fractured. And it, it's, called a, it's called a supplement because it can't, it can't be called whole food because it's not. So a lot of times it's mixed with other stuff. And it's mixed with things that your body can't even use. So your body's just getting rid of it through your urine. So you're paying money for this stuff and you're just peeing it out. The best possible nutrients that you can put into your body is from real food. So instead of doing, you know, vitamins, which is lower quality nutrition, get the right foods on purpose for the things that you need to supplement and get the, the highest source, get the best source, which is the food. You just need to know, okay, what you're low on and then start eating foods with high quality of that protein or, you know, that calcium or that vitamin D, whatever. You guys get it? So with the sunshine, get at least 20, 30 minutes of sunshine on as much skin as possible. Um, also, sunblock, you guys can look this up, but sunblock is actually one of the top reasons, causes for skin cancer. So if you wouldn't eat it, don't put it on your skin. 
because it's the same as eating it. If you're putting this sunblock all over you and then you're basically cooking it into your skin, your body is just absorbing that and that's toxins. So what do you do? You listen to your body. When your body will start to tell you when it's too hot, right? When you're in the sun for too long, it'll start to tell you like, hey, it's getting kind of hot. You know, you start to sweat, you start to, you know, churn red. Listen to your body, get out of the freaking sun. And what else can you do? There are some, you know, natural things that you can put on your body. You can look that up on Google. There's natural things you can put to, you know, block the sun. Also, when you drink enough water, when you have enough um, fruits and green vegetables, you actually create a very strong hydrated body to where it's harder for you to burn. So sunshine. And then also don't wear glasses all the time, sunglasses, because your, your eyes absorb the sunshine. So if you can get at least 20, 30 minutes of sunshine a day on as much skin as possible, you'll be really good. I've had clients come to me who had very low energy. Um, they were depressed. They were having a lot of issues. They couldn't have babies. And they didn't know why. They were going to all these specialists. They couldn't have, they just wanted to put them on meds. So they come to me. And what I have them do, because for me, instead of focusing on their sickness and disease, I focus on establishing health. And I put them on these seven principles, and then all of a sudden, it just takes away, takes away everything. And with these, with these uh, couple clients that I had, they had low energy, um, fatigue, they had uh, depression. I had them do exercise, water, and sunshine. That was my prescription. And it, it, they were healed within a month. They didn't have any depression. They didn't have any, you know, they weren't tired. Like, they had their energy back. It was very powerful. Sunshine. Very, very simple thing that we can do, right? So if you even, there's, you'll see that if you go on a walk, get some fresh air, drink water, get some sunshine, you can do all those four things just for a walk outside. Like you can get all those four principles easy. All right, here's another one. Whole Foods. Whole Foods. Now, Whole Foods is not just a store. It's a type of food. And when I say we need to eat whole foods, I'm not saying you need to eat a whole bag of chips or a whole cake or a whole bag of cookies. That's not the whole foods I'm talking about. I'm talking about the whole foods that are health foods. That's basically um, veggies, fruits, beans, seeds, legumes, and nuts. That's basically the real food right there. Real simple menu there. Of course, you can make all kinds of combinations with those things, but that's the real food and that has the highest quality nutrients to put into your body the real food now the best best out of all this food is the green vegetables dark green vegetables dark leafy greens are the best possible thing that you can put into this temple into this vehicle into this body best thing okay um now there's a couple things i want to talk about when we talk about foods uh if you're going to eat meat when I say meat, when I say meat, if it had a mother, a father, or a face, it's meat. A lot of times people are like, oh no, I don't eat meat. I just eat fish and chicken. And for me, like, that's meat. So what are you talking about? And what they mean is the red meat. But for me, just so you know, when I say meat, I mean if it had a face or a mother, you know, or that's that's meat. Okay? So when you, when you talk about meat, I, want, I need you to understand a few things about meat. Meat, I don't say it's all bad, but if you eat a lot of it, it's not good. Because meat is very hard for your body to digest. 
So when you eat it, your body has to create a lot of acid in order to break it down, to digest it, and then take in what it can use and then get rid of the rest. But it's hard to digest, so it has to create a lot of acid. Your body becomes very acidic. And I told you that that's where sickness and disease is created and established and strengthened in acidic environments. So that's one thing. Two, it's very hard to digest, so it makes your body work harder than it needs to. Your digestive system needs to work harder. And this is why a lot of times when you eat heavy meals, maybe meat and potatoes, burgers and fries, something heavy, it's hard to digest. And then what, what do we feel like after? Like, I want to take a nap. We call it food coma, right? And why? Because all our blood from our arms, all the blood from our legs, from our head, all of it moves to our stomach, for, to our belly, to our digestive system to support it because it needs all the help it can get to digest. So you're using all the energy from the rest of your body to try to digest because it needs that much to be able to digest meat. So understand that part too. Here's another thing to understand about meat. That when, when all meats, when all of us die, whether a chicken, a fish, or a human being, or a cow, when, when, when we die, there's a cadaverine chemical that's released in the body to, to, take it, to deteriorate it and take it back to the ground where it came from. So there's a cadaverine chemical that's released to deteriorate our whole body, right? So when we kill the cow, the fish, the chicken, that chemical is released in the body, and then we eat it. And if our body is keeping that in our digestive system for 72 hours or more at body temperature, we start to absorb that chemical and it creates sickness and disease. So that's another thing to understand, right? Another thing to understand, this is the last thing about meat, is that, you know, when you eat meat, you're eating the, the mediator. Because a lot of times if you ask people like, you know, why do you eat meat? One, it's good, right? <clears throat> Two... Um, a lot of times what we say is, oh, for protein. That's what guys will say, especially, right? Well, for protein, it's my protein. Where do I get my protein? You know, I got to get my protein. So, but I need you to think of like protein comes from like the word proton, which means first source. So you want the first source, the best source of protein. And the best source, the first source of protein is not coming from the cow because the cow is the mediator. We are what we eat. What is, the, what is the cow eating? It's eating the grass, right? So the cow is eating the grass. It chews it up and it has four stomachs. It chews it. It spits it back out. It throws it up. It's called chewing the cud. It, it throws it up and it starts to chew it again. It swallows it. It throws it back up. It starts to chew it again. It swallows it. And it's to get all the nutrients out of that grass. Now that nutrients, all those nutrients from the grass, from the grass, is going into the bloodstream and creating the muscle that this cow is made up of that we kill it and eat it for. So the nutrients that we're getting is really from the grass that the cow is eating. So we're eating the mediator. When you think about a horse, a gorilla, an elephant, where do they get their protein? You know, when nobody's looking, are they going to, you know, get a burger and fries? You know, no, they, they, they're eating plants, fruits, you know, a gorilla eats fruits and a couple plants. And those things are freaking powerful. Those things are strong. I've seen them pick up elephants. Like, they're strong. You know, horses are massive. They're fast. They're powerful, right? What do they eat? Hay, dry grass, right? Think about it. 
cows, they're massive. I mean, uh, elephants, they're massive. Cows, they all eat this, the grass. So the nutrients that you're getting is actually coming from the greens. So if you want to eat meat, eat it, enjoy it, but understand what's happening in your body and understand that in order to get rid of that, to help your body to digest, you need to eat a lot of dark leafy greens. The dark leafy greens helps to get rid of all that stuff from your stomach. So if you're going to eat meat, eat smaller portions, eat it less times and make sure you're eating a lot of dark leafy greens with it. That's, that's your lesson for the meat. If you're going to eat meat, eat um, grass-fed beef, eat wild fish, and organic chicken. What's the difference? So you have farm fish or wild fish. When you Normally, when you go to the grocery store and they're like all laid out right there in packages, if you read them, it says farm-fed, farm, you know, farmed. That means that what they do is they get a net and they catch the fish and they put it like two miles off of the, the shore. So it's right there in the shallow and it keeps them all together. And so it's keeping them in the shallow where all like the dirty water is and, and it's, they're keeping them together. So they're swimming in their own feces and they're feeding them corn feed to get them fat faster so they can sell them faster and make money. And their bodies are not, you know, made to digest that stuff. So we're, we're, that's the farm fed. The wild fed is out in the wild. They're eating the food that they're supposed to be eating. They're swimming around. They're active so they're healthier to eat. The same thing with chickens. Chickens, farm chickens are the ones who are, they're, they're eating corn fed. They're not eating the regular stuff that they should be eating. They're feeding them things to get them fatter faster. And it's not good for the digestion. They suffer. I don't know if you guys ever watched Food Inc., there's a lot of movies that you can watch, documentaries, that when you watch them, you're like, oh my gosh, that's so freaking sad. That's so gross. You know, these chickens who they're, they're putting up with steroids, they're filling up with things so they can get bigger, fatter, faster. And they're getting so big, so fat, too fast that they, they're, they're outgrowing like the strength of their legs. So they just kind of lay there, uncomfortable. They just lay there, you know, and, and it's gross. And we're, we're eating that. And they have so low quality emotional molecules and we're eating the emotions of these things when we kill them. Same thing with the cows. They're feeding them all this corn fed, this, this stuff that's not good for their bodies. And what they get all bloated, their bodies get real bloated and they have to put tubes in the side of their stomach to release some of the gases because it's so painful for them. And this is the, the meat that we're eating and putting into our, our bellies, you know? So just, just know this stuff. Now, again, if you're going to have it, have it, but don't overdo it. Make sure you cleanse it with the dark leafy greens. Uh, make sure you understand how to do that stuff. So when it comes to whole foods, VNA was saying too, um, when you look at the back, if there's all this freaking ingredients that's in a language that you can't even say, you can't even pronounce these things, you don't even know what it is, don't put that in your body. A lot of times when you go to grocery stores, it's the ones that, that are on the inside of the store. If you guys notice, the ones with the aisles and the shelves, that's the food that has like a longer shelf life than you. You know, it's not the best stuff to put into your body. When you go to the outside of the stores, outside of it, you'll get more of the fresh foods, right? The stuff that goes bad faster. You know, that, that's where you want to go shop more, especially in the produce session, section because, again, fruits and veggies, nuts, beans, seeds, legumes, that's the best of stuff you can put in your body. Best stuff. If you're going to have the other things, have a cake every once in a while, have, enjoy it. 
Don't feel guilty. Don't feel bad. Don't beat yourself up. Enjoy it, but know how to clean it up after. Know that you have to give a lot of your lot of dark leafy greens, a lot of vegetables, because that's going to help you to get rid of those toxins. Drink a lot of water, right? So if you have all these other um, principles going on and you're strong in them, you can eat cake. You can eat one of these things. You can and do it without guilt. Just keep your lifestyle. Won't even feel it. So enjoy it. So whole foods. So remember the real foods, um, get, don't eat crap because you eat a lot of crap. You're going to feel like crap. You're going to look like crap. You're going to treat others like crap. And then your life becomes crap. There's your food lesson. <laughs> Another thing with food, <clears throat> your food and your mood are directly connected together. Your food and your mood. So if you feel like low and bad, a lot of it has to do with what you're putting into your body. Your, your food is your fuel. Also, your food is your medicine, you know, so I want you to really begin to look at how important food is. Next thing I want to show with you is the signs of nature. Signs of nature, signature. When you think of the word signature, it's like sign of nature. And that means that foods speak. Foods speak. They have a language. They tell you things and they'll tell you, they'll even tell you what they're good for, what they're going to bring health to. Check it out. See right here on the tomatoes? When you get a tomato, you can even do this with your kids to show them because they'll remember and they, it's like, it just blows their mind and it's fun. <clears throat> you get a tomato, you can cut it and you can see like if you cut it this way too, there's actual four chambers. There's four chambers inside of a, a heart, I mean a heart, um, a tomato. It's red and look, it looks like a heart. It's communicating to us what it's good for. Tomatoes are really good for your heart. If you go over here to the celery, celery, they're like hollow on the outside. They snap, they, they make that noise and they're made up of 23% of sodium. And guess what else is, guess what else is like this? Your bones, your bones are hollow like this. They can snap and your bones are made up of 23% sodium. And these are good for your bones. Grapes, look at the grapes. It's in a cluster. And when it's in a cluster like that, it's in a shape of a heart. See that? And guess what? That's it's really good for your heart. Then you have the you have the um, avocados. I love avocados. So if you see, like it's in in a shape of a womb, and it has a seed like a baby. And guess what? When it's going from blossom to ripen, guess how long it takes. It takes nine months. Isn't that crazy? And this is one, something that you can eat after you have a baby that actually um, helps you to get rid of baby fat. Now, if you go right here to walnuts, what does that look like? It kind of looks like a brain, right? It even has the two sides of the hemispheres, left and right hemisphere of the brain. And guess what? When you eat this, it's really good for your brain. Here, uh, you guys heard this one before. When you, when, um, when your parents have told you eat your carrots because it's you know good for your eyes. When you cut a when you cut a carrot up this way, you can actually see it right here in the middle. It looks like a a, a pupil, and you can see the lines of the eye. It looks like an eye, and that's actually really good for your eyes. So foods they have a message. They actually have signs of nature. There's so many others that I can show you like this, and there's even another way to look at it. Like there is the the foods of the heavens. There's the foods of of the earth and there's the food of the under of the basement 
So the stuff like beetroots, you know, carrots, things that are grown underground in the basement, those are things that you eat that will ground you more, that will make you more stable and secure, more, you know, store more emotional stability. It grounds you. And then if you eat foods that are more of like earth, like, um, you know, like grapes, you know, you don't have to reach up into the heavens. They're more like eye level right here. You know, the tomatoes, these are all things that, that strengthen your the core of who you are, your constitution. And then the things that you're reaching up, like the apples, the avocados, you know, like the even the walnuts, the things that you're reaching up to get, the foods that you reach up into the heavens, that's good food for your brain, good for your head, for the heavens. So even like that, the foods speak a language. And when we pay attention to that, it actually, it's amazing. It makes it fun. Something that's funny and that's cool when you think of Viagra, Viagra is made from um, peanuts. <laughs> what do peanuts look like? Hmm. Isn't that crazy? It's made of the root of peanuts. Viagra. So foods have a sign of nature. They have signatures and they actually communicate what they're good for. Foods. Now here's another principle. Movement. Movement, and, and this is another word for a bad word that people don't like, is, which is exercise. <laughs> so I, re I changed the word to movement so people can, you know, your brain can receive it a little bit better. Because it's not necessarily about, you know, hard, intense, you know, workouts. It's about movement. It's about getting moving. And, you know, I want you to see how important it is by, by me sharing this with you. So do you understand how important your heart is to your circulatory system? Really, really important. Your heart to your circulatory system. So your circulatory system is all your veins, you know, that's getting all the blood throughout your whole body. Your heart is the thing that's pumping and getting it all over your body, right? So your heart is key. It's essential to your circulatory system. So, so that's how important movement is. That's how important exercise is for your lymphatic system. Your lymphatic system has to do with your glands. Your glands have to do with your immune system. So movement, exercise is key when it comes to creating a strong, healthy immune system, movement, okay? So it could be, um, you know, weight training, it can be running, it can be boxing, it can be bicycling, it can be brisk walking. The whole, the whole point is to move, to get some activity, 20, 30 minutes, move, get some cardiovascular sweat, right? Really important. So the, I always tell people, just figure out what you like to do and keep doing it. Because if you're going to do something that you don't like, you're not going to keep doing it. No, unless sometimes like for me, I didn't like running before, but then when I keep running, I actually start to feel like the results of it and I feel strong, I feel good. And then all of a sudden my brain changes its mind and says, hey, no, this is good for you. And, and you start to adapt for it. But, you know, do something that you enjoy. Do something, but be consistent. You know, um, Manny started doing his 50 squats and 50 uh, push-ups, right? So if he's consistent with that, you can see what he's doing with him. And if he does that, you know, and adds maybe 50 sit-ups to that, you know, all of a sudden he's going to feel stronger. And then, you know, he's going to be able to do those 50s even faster. Then he's going to be like, man, I have more time and more energy. And he's going to add it to 75. This is what happens. All of a sudden you're doing hundreds and you're doing it without, you're just, boom, you're just pumping them out. And you're like, damn, I, I feel good. That's what you want to get. So whatever it is, whatever you're able to do, do it and do it consistently. Get some movement. That's really important for your, your health and happiness. Another thing is that people don't really think about when it comes to principles of health and happiness is your passion. Doing something that you're passionate about. And what does that mean? 
you know, doing those things, you know, those things that you do that, you know, all of a sudden you look at your clock, you're like, oh, wow, what the heck? Wow, three hours passed? How the heck did that happen? Like, man, time flew. And then somebody says, time flies when you're having fun, right? (laughs) But it's true. Like those things that you do that make you come alive, that you love doing, that's healthy for you. I mean, think about the energy that it's creating in you at that moment. Can, there's not many things that can create that type of energy for you, right? That's healthy. So don't think like your, ho- your hobbies are not that important to you, so don't do them. Put it into your calendar. Put it into your schedule. I'm not saying allow it to take you away from the more important things or your family or like, oh, well, Richard said, so I'm going to be going golfing three days a week now. Sorry, wife. Sorry, kids. This is important for us. No, I'm not saying that either. We've got to be honest about this, right? But don't get to the point where you're like, oh, I don't have any time to do that. You know, I like to do it. Oh, man, I love it. I wish I could do it all the time, but I don't have any time for that. No, you need to make time. Put it into your calendar. Put it into your schedule. If you can do it once a week, awesome. If you can do it, you know, twice a week, wow. You know, depends on what it is, of course. Maybe you like to fish and it's a weekend. Maybe you can do that maybe once a month, once every other month or something. <clears throat> Whatever it is, make it happen. It's really healthy for you, for your happiness, for your health, you doing what you're passionate about. It's really good, really good. And then I always tell people, if you can use your passion to help other people, that becomes purpose. When you look at, see how passion is spelled right here? Pass, I, on. When you can pass who you are onto others. I'm gonna pass myself on. Those things that I love to do, those things that I get excited about doing, I'm going to do those things and use it on, a pr- on purpose for a purpose to be able to build other people to help them. Now that becomes contribution. It becomes purpose. And that creates a whole different type of energy for me. A whole different, you know, fulfillment and satisfaction in my life. So like for me, or even for Mary, like she, she got passionate about painting, right? And then now, then she started to give those paintings to certain people to encourage them, to empower them. Now she's passing who she is onto others and that passion is now becoming purpose. And that creates even a higher level energy. So passion is important for your health and happiness. And the last one, healthy relationships. You know, some people that come to me for their health, you know, I can give them all the broccoli, all the spinach, all the healthy recipes, all the workout things. But if they have toxic relationships, they're not going to be happy. So this is really important when it comes to your health and happiness, your healthy relationships. You know, and, and this is you doing is what you can. Like, you know, if they're not doing their part, it's not time for you to be sad or become a victim and like, oh, it's their fault. No, doing the best what you can with what you have to create healthy connection, healthy communication, you know, love you know, connection with them, like, you know, trust with like you doing your part, not allowing them to control you or or when they do it, I'll do it. No, no, it's you doing your part, you being consistent with it, you establishing good connection on a consistent basis with the most important people in your life. Doing all that you can to create health, connection, love in your relationships. That takes your life to a whole different level. You know, when you when you have unhealthy relationships and toxic relationships, you're stressed. You feel rejected, you feel mad, you feel angry, you feel anxiety, you feel fear. And all those emotions, they weaken your immune system. And, and if you keep them in you long enough, it's going to be undealt with stuff that actually begins to affect you at a cellular level. 
where you have physical pains. You have physical sicknesses due to emotional issues. Okay, so healthy relationships is key. It's a very important principle when it comes to your health and happiness. Now, a lot of times people tell me like, what about sleep? Because I teach seven and sleep would be eight, but I like seven more. No, just kidding. Now, what I teach is if you live by those seven principles that I just shared, you'll get a gift. If you have enough sunshine, water, fresh air, you eat the whole foods, you exercise, if you do all the seven principles of health, you'll get a gift that's called sleep. You will sleep good. You won't need as much sleep because your body is so healthy. It's not going to need to sleep as long to repair, to restore, to recreate, because that's when your body is doing when you're sleeping. Now, because you're so healthy, it doesn't need to restore that much. It doesn't need to repair or recreate that much. So it finishes its job earlier. So now all of a sudden, you know, five hours of sleep, six hours of sleep, you're like, blink, waking up by yourself, like all energized. You're like, man, I feel good. So it's not like, oh, man, I only got five hours of sleep. I only got six hours of sleep because your body didn't get to do what it needed to do. But if you live those seven principles you know, on a consistent basis, you will sleep so much better. So that is the seven pillars, the seven principles of health and happiness.